In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Shit Show. The prodigal son has returned. Welcome back, Rig. I'm back. You I am back. Absolute fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I was going to do it. You didn't know when. Straight away was the answer. You're so jet lagged and it's incredible that you're actually here. So uh, I know. I, I feel like I'm being propped up by all the ridiculous things that are in this dungeon that you keep. Yeah, how have, how have you enjoyed your short uh, sojourn outside of the dungeon? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a it, it's a big scary world out there. I I, f- I feel really comfortable now with these uh, <laughs> de deregulated, decommissioned <laughs> saxes uh, and old bikes yeah, you've and got, mattresses. You've got Stockholm syndrome for strange mattresses. <laughs> So, uh, so Rick had a forty-five hour uh, trip back mm. uh, to our fair land. So mm. uh, he's running on uh, fumes and thoughts. Just, just, just one hundred percent heart. <laughs> anyway, he has the segments this week, which I is what we're saying is uh, is more numerous in in total, but is mm. actually a, a, an easy thing to do when jet lagged rather than writing a full narrative. Absolutely, they got a lot of girth. Uh, but it's all about how you use it, or so I'm told. Anyway, so we will tell you exactly what you're listening to. You're listening to Shit Show, which is our weekly podcast where we uh, investigate when the best plans of uh, mice, men, women, children, animals all just come completely off the rails despite their best intentions. And uh, since Rick does have the segments, we'll dive into the first one, which is Trainwreck Trophy. Simple. Mm. Put Trainwreck into Google, find out what it is uh, news-wise, and then uh, sift through all of the Trump and Amy Schumer references and come up with what? Well, the first one uh, out of three, uh, the first one goes to, or the first nomination uh, will be Sam Newman. Yeah, so Sam Newman, uh, for, for those who don't know, uh, he's a fossil who uh, co-hosts the AFL footy show here mm. in Australia. Uh, he's very controversial. Some of his views might be viewed as, well, have been viewed Racist, by a lot of people as archaic. Sexist. Archaic, you know, to, to encapsulate all of those things that, that you're about to say. Of his time. Yeah. Uh, so here, just, just to give everyone a little taste, here are some of his greatest hits. 1999. Don's blackface to impersonate Nikki Winmar, the Indigenous player. Oh, that was a dark day. 2001, shows like genitals that. on live TV after being dacked by Shane Crawford. Yep. 2008, mocks female journalist by molesting a lingerie-clad blow-up doll effigy of her. 2009, describes a Malaysian man as not long out of the forest and ends up getting fined by the media watchdog for racism. 2010, hits golf ball off of Uluru or Ayers Rock and disrespects traditional owners of the land. 2014, exposes genitals again on live TV when it's revealed he's wearing nothing underneath a hospital gown. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, you get the, you get the gist. Uh, but in recent years, he's, uh, he's gone the way of many a bogan Facebook commentator and categorises antics like the ones I just mentioned under free speech uh, and labelled his critics the Outrage Brigade. So all after, of this sounds like how the Cronulla riots started. Yeah, it's 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 been a pretty pretty consistent thing. Uh, him becoming him being reprimanded uh, for this behaviour on air. Yep. Uh, so after being reprimanded several times, uh, Newman went on the Footy Show this past week and remained essentially silent the whole episode. I'm assuming. As some sort of protest, uh, other co-hosts try to engage him uh, in conversation. He was just having, he was just giving them nothing. 
Mm. Just absolutely nothing, save for the finger that he gave the audience at one point. <laughs> Not even kidding. Uh, it was just like so cringy to sit through. Anyone who's received the cold shoulder uh, knows how those pauses feel like an eternity. Yeah. Now imagine that on live TV <laughs> when the guy that usually never shuts up uh, and ergo dominates your show every week by default uh, suddenly decides to do a Helen Keller. Yeah. Um, right, so that's the first one. That's the first one. So, the second one. Uh, so, we turn our attention to Europe now. Now, and more specifically, the country whose most important inventions have been the noiseless match mm. and the Rubik's Cube. Okay, uh, hold on. Let's just back that up uh, one second. The noiseless match? I don't know what it is. I didn't look it up further than that. I just looked at it and went, that's weird. I'm including this. How's the flint work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether it's one of the, like, is a noiseless match than matches that we currently use, or is that technically a noise that, <laughs> like, it's like. If a match know. is lit in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, <laughs> does it make a sound? It, yes, it still makes fucking sound. That's, hey, what, that's uh, what happens. Jimmy uh, made a noiseless match. Really? Yeah. Jimmy, show us how it works. He just okay, wait here. <laughs> Runs 50 <laughs> metres into the forest. I was going to say he just swipes right on Tinder for 150 people until he hits one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the noiseless match. Yeah, so the country that gave us the, the noiseless match and the Rubik's Cube, which, of course, is... Romania. Hungary. It's Hungary. I love close. I loved putting you on the spot there. That they're was real really close. Good. Uh, I reckon they're next door to each other. I, th- I think they could be, actually. Yeah. One invented the Rubik's Cube and the other exports gypsies. Uh, so in the capital... Both both noble trades. Both <laughs> noble trades. Uh, in the capital uh, of Hungary, Budapest, the, the city's transportation authority recently set up uh, a long overdue e-ticketing system. So a lot like our Opal or, you know, London's Oyster, yeah. that, that whole thing. But they did it this year. But they did it this year, okay. yeah. Fair. Eastern Europe. Yep. Uh, the new rollout was to coincide with the FINA Swimming Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was meant to launch like the first day of the championships. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there are a few problems with the site, uh, as an 18-year-old student found out. So, basically, he went into develop- a developer mode on his browser. It's something I assume all of us have done uh, accidentally with the wrong click of the mouse uh, that makes your cat fail video suddenly look like you're in the Matrix searching for Neo and Morpheus. Absolutely. but so he's done that, and he and while he's there, he realizes that he can easily alter the uh, the source code of the site, uh, which essentially governs everything that goes on there. Uh, which, so which to the uninitiated is not what normally happens in developer mode. Definitely not, because there are usually uh, a whole bunch of safeguards to prevent that from happening, or even just the one. Yeah, just, just the one safeguard. Well, you can't I, do that. Well, I, I, I actually don't know that because I'm not a computer guy so that's why i'm asking <laughs> he, he i don't know it sounded pretty definitive uh <laughs> mr computer scientist uh take it easy stephen hawking anyway we uh we we try it out hey, the guy tries it out uh altering the source code and, and sure enough he can suddenly change a a weekly transportation ticket from the equivalent of 32 dollars to 40 cents just as a just as just to try it out right? perfect he's the robin hood of, of transport yeah but like he doesn't do anything with it he just checks it out and sees like, wow, is this actually a thing? Like, can I do this, right? So he does it. And then he's just like, shit, that that actually can be done. This is 
probably going to be a bit of a problem. Uh, so when he figures this out, literally two minutes after he does it, he alerts the transport authority, right? What do you think was the transport authority's response to that? I'm concerned, Rig, because this segment is called Trainwreck Trophy. Yeah. And we're talking about actual trains. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been a huge? No, no, it's not. It's not going the a way lot that of people you died in Hungary. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. If we can no. laugh about that. No. Um, I, okay, what uh, what happened? I think that uh, they were very slow to respond, and uh, and everybody bought forty cent tickets. <laughs> what actually happened was they arrested him. Oh, what? <laughs> they arrested him uh, for illegal online activity. Now. He's a kid, right? That sounds, that's broad. That sounds he, like... He's a kid who is, he's found a problem in yeah. your system, Yeah, told you about it willingly yeah. two minutes after he's found it out, but he, he did, and then he, he gets cha- arrested. He, did he change the ticket price? Yeah, but it wasn't permanent. It was just like a thing that he tried out and was like, wow, that's pretty bad, guys. I should probably tell you guys about it. And they're just like, oh, mm, dude, really good point. Here are some handcuffs. <laughs> anyway, once, once news of the arrest comes out, uh, people start killing the, the Transport Authority's Facebook page. These are the review numbers from Facebook. Yep. Five star, 335. Four star, 15. Three star, 41. Mm. Two star, 56. Tell me. One, One star, star, 47. Oh. Thousand. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now look, now look. Got me with the old slow roll. Love it. <laughs> I, I, just the two beats. The two beats. Now look, I, I don't, I don't know. Forty-seven thousand yeah, is a lot of commitment. It's so insane. But it's just like I don't even know what these people are trying to achieve because the kid was eventually rele- released, and it's also a transport authority. Yeah. It's like they're not losing money. It's like if, if City Rail got that feedback, they'd be like, who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. they, they'd be like, fuck you, City Rail. You're the worst. And they'd be like, oh, okay. well, fine. Well, you're still, still going to catch the train. Yeah. Hey, we'll see you. I'm pretty we'll sure see you C- isn't City Rail's motto like, City Rail, what are you going to do? You kind of got Walk? <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, th- that's, that's exactly how they've played this entire game out. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They they've got a monopoly on it. But anyway, that's, that's number two. Okay, cool. And number three uh, is Wendy Williams. If there's anything we love in this segment, it's a great train wreck interview, right? Oh, yeah. We, we, we've covered them a few mm. times. This one comes courtesy of daytime talk show host Wendy Williams. Okay. Her guest was famous for only being a father now and 1991's Mr. Mullet, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> It becomes obvious from the get-go that she is very, very unprepared. <laughs> and by unprepared, I mean she has no idea at all and is winging it to the absolute worst of her ability. Try this line on for size. Williams, you're a very good-looking man, and so is your wife. <laughs> like, what? Well, I, I get what you're trying to get at, but, like, what? <laughs> Oh no, that's a sweet burn from Williams. <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was like, yeah, is she is she trying to undercover but but no, she just, she's just got no idea because as the as the thing goes on, they they go on to talk about his other singing daughter that isn't Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Williams, all your kids are in showbiz. Your daughter, her name starts with a T. Cyrus looks clearly confused, probably because none of his children have names <laughs> that start, start with, with T. T. Williams. The one who's on the MTV singing the song. Okay, that's when you know that this is not someone that should be interviewing someone about music. Mm. Cyrus. Noah. Williams. Noah. Exactly. With an N. Is what? She, is she drunk? I wish. 
I wish she was drunk. Have you, have you I, watched it? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I've watched it. It's <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, conversation then turns to the reality show that features Billy Ray's wife and their other daughter uh, following their interior design business. Sounds like a winner, by the way. Is it S- antique road shows? No. Cyrus, have you seen her show? Williams, you mean the home one on HGTV? Oh, Cyrus, oh, it's on Bravo. <laughs> Williams. I'm sorry, but it's one of those shows. She's fixing houses. Cyrus. Yes. It's called Cyrus versus Cyrus. Williams. I know. I know stuff. I've seen. What is happening? This interview goes on for nine minutes. How? I don't. It is just. It is so painful to watch. That's a Mexican standoff. It's Someone cra- had to walk. It's cra- Like you get the feeling that the producer has dropped the ball and forgotten to hand her notes. And she's just gone. Don't worry, darling. I got this. Yeah. You don't got this. <laughs> this is this is this is textbook. When I got this goes wrong. Yeah, like it should be laminated and stuck up on walls in the studio with a giant red X next to it, with something like, "When Wendy wings it, we won't win," <laughs> and then like a different picture with like a big green tick on yeah. like how to do things right, and it just says like, "When Wendy we searches, we win." Like it's it's it feels like it should be like the start of a a protocol at the office yeah. about how to not fuck up. So that's it. That's it for the for the train wreck trophy for this week. So we've got the first one, which is Sam Newman. Uh, he's he's done his uh, his protest of silence, uh, which he probably thought in his own mind was akin to the uh, monk who set himself on fire in mm. Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, in the name of free speech. We had the Hungarian hacker who just tried to help and got arrested uh, by the transport authority, and we have Wendy Williams with the most unprepared interview of Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, it's not going to be Sam Newman because uh, he could, he'll, he'll get it. That's not his last crack at this. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an endurance athlete when it yeah, comes to the train wreck trophy. He's the Giannis Kinder of, uh, <laughs> of train wreck trophy. <laughs> um, mostly because my favourite number is 47,000. Um, yeah. I'm going with option two. The Hungarian hacker. Yes. That is the first one to go to Hungary. It's probably the first one to go to Eastern, Eastern Europe. Europe. Yeah. Yep. So well done. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Do it. Uh, Come no. on. No, I know you always try, but here's the thing. They didn't release his name. I'm not even kidding. Okay. But fine. fine. You know what? To To give you, to make you feel better, because I'm a nice guy, I'm going to try to pronounce what the name of the transport authority is in Good. Hungarian. Okay. I cannot find it. <laughs> I was hoping that that popping sound from your mouth, you somehow fed this into like Google nah. phonetics. Nah. No, no, no. I uh, I had a couple of articles open, and this one just refers to it as Budapest Transport Authority. So, that's it. Trainwreck Trophy goes to Hungary. Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Trainwreck Trophy. Hungary for the win. Eastern Europe doesn't get many, so uh, glad to hand them one of them. We move on to... Uh, ah! Yeah. You took one look in my eyes and you knew what time it was, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think it's business time, but I know oh, it's yeah. time for Poos in the News. Yeah, you go down So, Poos in the News, uh, Rick has trawled uh, the wonderful surface of the internet and then Shawshank gone underneath style. <laughs> he's, uh, he's crawled through 500 feet of shit. <laughs> 
and come out the other side covered in more of it. Andy Dufresne. Yep. Uh, so it is It is a, a segment where we find an example in, in the world of someone who has either uh, defecated in public or has done something to do with, uh, with poo in public. I can tell how excited you are about this. Uh, I'm going to jump straight in, which I feel is a perfect expression to go into poos in the news. So I'm not going to actually, I know, I know usually tradition holds that I would read you the article uh, headline. Sure. Not going to happen this time. Okay. I'm just going to jump straight into it. All right. In Melbourne. Ooh. So it's homegrown, much like the dump. Melbourne. And so what happens the Euro- is... The Europe of Australia. Yeah. We're in, uh, we're in uh, Mac Robertson Girls High School. So it's a very prestigious high school in Melbourne. Uh, they do fantastically well in the VCE, which is their uh, version of the HSC. Uh, yeah, the high, high school certificate. Yeah, yeah. So it's the you know the year twelve leavers matriculation. Yeah. So this uh, letter was found on school grounds. It's a very long letter, so I'm only going to read you the first part of it. This is my protest. I know I've resorted to the most extreme method to make a symbolic point, but you never listen to student voice. We all know you're not going to do anything, but at least my behaviour has punished the school for what it has done. The teachers are shit, so I have left symbolic droppings of what the education is like at this school. Crap. So, (laughs) a student has systematically shat all over the school. Ooh. I mean, the bathroom floor... In the sink yeah. of the bathroom, yeah. like on the fucking sports oval, mm. like there's just shit everywhere, right? Yep. As a form of protest against, uh, it seems like as the letter goes on, one particular teacher who's just not up to scratch in his uh, in his educating. Yep. And uh, it's the old Duda mystery. Yeah, and it's literally like Fight Club where there could be many shitters working as a collective unit. That's That's got to be as a school when you realise you're up against, uh, you, you can't handle this alone. You're up against you need, the... the, the, the you, need t- a, you need a crack team yeah. of experts. The, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. Even just by pure volume of shit, I mean, you've got to have at least, you know, 10 boys and girls eating Mexican food, uh, you know, just making sure that there's stuff in the oven. Ready to go. That's a lot of dedication to this. You've got to maybe look internally and think, maybe our education is not you, up to scratch. Look, you think that's dedication. This article's from this week. It's been going on since February. As in systematic shit? Yeah, like they've been shitting all over the school for five months. Uh, you got to get the, the actual police involved. Like your internal methods... <laughs> I hate to break it to the high school, but it's, it's like. However, did you call the police? No, I called a doctor. Have you smelled these things? <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 comes to the point where you're just like, okay, what have we got here? Have we tried diplomatic uh, talks with the <laughs> faculty? No. Have we tried talking to our parents? Uh, try to get something through the PNC going. No. Mm. <laughs> Drop your dax, Brittany. It's time to shit all over this. <laughs> I thought when you started that, you meant that the school was doing that. It's like, okay, have we reached out to them and uh, no. through the through the channels no, 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 to see no. if we they have it's, any demands that the, we can meet? Mate, it's the students because we need them to stop. No, no, no. It's 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 the students, yeah. and they I just I just don't get how you get to that point. I I want to hark back to the uh, to the previous point that whoever the guy who's watched a heap of 
CSI <laughs> who's trying to catch them is <laughs> he sucks. Yeah, he's super shit at it. No one, no one knows who's taking. That's why they were just like, there could be a or more shitters. Like they're just like, put up one camera. Yeah. That's it. Have one. This this is not one of those things where it's like, okay, seven psychopaths. Yeah, track them down. Yeah. It's like no, put a camera up. Someone's shitting on your basketball court <laughs> every two weeks. <laughs> this is not a murder mystery. This is. A really annoyed student. It's it's not it's not fucking Ocean's Twelve. No, it's not no. like the, 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 these shit, the, these shits didn't happen six months ago. Yeah. It's not a replica basketball. <laughs> they're not court. they're not smuggling shits in in a fucking suitcase. No, like. no, it's a, like these things are happening live, and you are incapable <laughs> to stop them. <laughs> so that is uh, that is poos in the news, the news. Uh, for this week. Nice. So uh, we then move on to self-proclaimed best segment we've got. One Star Reservoir. Cue music. Yeah. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star reservoir. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Pumped. Anyway, one star reservoir. So Rig has the segment this week. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a segment where we look at the globe's best Worst reviews. And I've got some doozies. I've got some doozies this week. Here we go. We're starting off unsafe and terrible place. (laughs) A person claiming to be hotel concierge took my wallet while helping me. It turned out that the person does not work for the hotel, but just dresses well and stands in front of a hotel talking to anybody who comes to the hotel. I was not able to catch this thief because he ran very fast. Police questioned the hotel receptionist and she said the thief was very polite, so she could not ask him to leave. Oh, my God. The hotel would rather keep a thief in their property. Hotel is very dirty and smelly. <laughs> How's the bird at the end? Uh I was wondering when that would actually become something that you could review a hotel about because the old wallet inspector trick. <laughs> uh, no, 100%. Wallet inspector and they, they've just done it. But, like, why would you need the wallet? Like, it's like, no. I'm just tying my shoe here. Can you hold my wallet for a sec? Like, what's... The, I don't get it. How you, is that a thing? Dorman, come here. Hold my wallet. I'm busy inspecting this poop I found on a basketball court. It's like, I mean, do people just get real sassy after that if it's just the same dude over and over again? It was just like, oh, can I have your wallet? And the other person's like, <laughs> classic Jamal. Like, they're just, they're just like working for the hotel, but they're just like, there he goes again. Yeah. it's uh, Such a scamp. Uh, I feel like the, the crux of this is that that guy did actually work for the hotel. The hotel's really tried to distance themselves <laughs> from the fact that one of their staff just stole a punter's wallet. Yeah, they, they, they could be doing Oh, that. no, he was well-dressed, so I didn't send him away. I love that. It's just like I I try to dress well to get upgraded to business class. Turns out I could be stealing wallets this whole time. Oh man, that's the fir- that's the fastest way to get ahead in this world. Yeah, put a suit on and go to a restaurant. So wallet good. inspecting. <laughs> Great. So that's the first one. Uh, second one, horrible. Stay away from this hotel. This is a low budget hotel for sure. We arrived in the middle of the night. The first thing we noticed was the smell. My God, it smelled like. It smelled like mould in the lobby, in our room, in the hallway, just about everywhere. They used some kind of spray to get rid of the stank, probably, but that didn't work. <laughs> the, elevator, the elevator we only used a few times. It was just too small and too slow. Felt like it would collapse at any time. Scary. <laughs> 
The <laughs> breakfast was poor. Bagels, small donuts, butter, jam, orange juice, coffee, tea, cereal, milk. It was all served in the lobby with only two couches. Thank God for the supermarket across the street. They didn't change our beds for 12 days. <laughs> we had to ask for toilet paper and new towels. There were cracks in the floor tiles. The air conditioner didn't work. It was just filthy. We cleaned our room ourselves just because the cleaning lady didn't want to do it. What's, what? what's with these hotel staff I just don't saying, know. Super no, sassy. We're not, we're not cleaning that room. One morning, <laughs> we were woken up by screaming and loud voices on our floor. Our heart pounded out in our chest in fear and panic. We heard a woman screaming that she'd been stabbed. The police came and arrested two or three people. They used some kind of spray that made it hard to breathe and with running eyes and nose. It was a horrible experience. I'm glad that we woke up when we did. The cleaning of the room was also poor. Our cleaning lady wanted us to tip her. We got a note saying that. We... We wondered why she wanted our tip when she didn't do anything. We felt we had to tip her so she wouldn't steal anything from us. Uh, wallet inspector. <laughs> I almost forgot. They didn't change our bed sheets for 12 days. We had to ask for toilet paper, new towels, etc. There were cracks in the floor tiles, broken closet, a mirror, the air conditioner didn't work, it was just filthy. We cleaned our bathroom ourselves just because the cleaning lady didn't want to do so. I feel like they've done double duty here. Yeah. Overall, the staff was rude and not very helpful and they didn't speak any English, only Spanish. And this is in America. Yeah. I would never book this hotel again. Hopefully, no one else will either. I tried to contact the hotel to file a complaint, but without any luck. You learn from experiences. We sure did. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty scathing. Yeah, and now here's the third one. Worst experience of my life that made for an interesting story. A group of us looked to stay for a weekend getaway in Miami Beach, and the only thing we wanted to do was get away from that horrid place. First off, we were greeted by a sleeping lobbyist. <laughs> As for the rooms, they were unkept and dirty. The TV signal is bad and is probably more sanitary to sleep in the bathroom of the room. Yeah, standard. The worst part is at about 6.30 in the morning, my friend heard screaming and banging. And we were eventually woken up to a sand in our throat feeling and could not stop coughing. I eventually vomited and we all panicked, gathering our things and scrambling the hell out of that place. Is this, is this a review from the same place? Regardless of slamming open the emergency door exit, no alarms rang, but the police were outside arresting two prostitutes and a man in his boxes. Turns out, somehow the pepper spray filtered through the air vents. The lobbyist had the audacity to tell us, please visit soon. <laughs> Gus, all three reviews were from the same place. Ah, what? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> How's how's the two reviews from the same night? Uh, I don't know if it's from the same night. I think it actually are different nights, different nights. but it's just that common. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's that's when you really look at your core model and, yeah. and get out of the hotel game. Yeah. But, I mean, people still seem to be going there. Like, if I saw any of those, like, even just one. Oh, totally. Because, like, one of these obviously existed before the other one. So, it's like... Fair. Couldn't you look at it online and be like, so there was screaming and pepper spray in the air vents <laughs> we and prostitutes are being arrested. I don't know, honey. Maybe we should just check it out. I mean, it's a good price. It's, I think, I think online reviews uh, are now at a point where uh, they've become like banner ads. Like people, mm. people just sort of go, oh, well, you know, people only review it if they're... If they're really, if they're really angry, really angry. Or, yeah, uh, it, it's like no, that's, no. To, it, to me, you know, it's it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's true for ninety nine percent of it. But if it if it involves things like, um, well, 
I would have been able to sleep uh, if there wasn't uh, a, someone getting stabbed a, in the hallway, a, a corpse in my bed, and the maid didn't come in and put her pubes on my soap. Like it's that, and there was a pocket of semen on our bed. Oh, you know? Yeah, all all of those are just the ones where you go, you know what? Even if that's just one person, they're super salty. I'll just stay somewhere else. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because I don't, because I don't some have them, to stay. Some there. of them are so far past the realm of possibility that you're just yeah. like. You know when you hear something that's too crazy, you're just like, that has to be like true. The, the horns sometimes you're the, just the, like, the, the horn- sometimes people will be like, I got given a dry, dry croissant at breakfast, one star, and you're yeah. just like, this person's yeah. a crackpot. You're, you're an absolute tool. Yeah. But the ones where, ones where it's like, uh, yeah, uh, my family and I checked in for three nights because uh, my mother was on her deathbed, uh, and we were met by a uh, group of four uh, Mid twenties, uh, <laughs> men and women who entered our room and had sex on top of us. <laughs> when I asked them to leave, they said, "Fuck you, with the staff." <laughs> they, <laughs> they said, "You're in my world now, Grandma." Um, yeah. Anyway, so that, yeah, so that's that, that's the that's the final uh, one star is well for the night, which means we're going on to the main course, the media portion. Of the night, it is the shit show spotlight or the shit show story time. Uh, what Gus is going to do is he's deep dived into uh, deep dove, deep deep dove. He's d- deep deep diving. He's, he's yep. He's deep diving into the uh, one of our historical uh, shit shows to give us uh, just a look into probably a, a seldom heard story of uh, of when shit went hilariously off the rails. Gus, what do you got for us, mate? I hope you're hungry, Rig. That's I all. can always eat. That's that's all. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, Billy McFarland, heard of Billy? I have. You know Billy from uh, a a event that happened recently, I believe. I do. Yes. So here's what you don't know about Billy. <laughs> that shit was just the tip of the iceberg. What? Yeah. Billy McFarlane, born 1991 in New Jersey. New uh, Jersey. Son of real estate developers. Uh, he had more going for him than uh, many of the New Jersey kids who come over to Manhattan uh, in search of fame, fortune, uh, etc. Uh, he was an entrepreneurial uh, young man. A lot of people liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, um, a charismatic kid. And uh, he actually entered the business game very early when he was uh, when he was thirteen. What? So he started and sold three companies um, before he graduated high school. What? Yes, correct. Uh, he was a serial entrepreneur. So <laughs> the putting cereal in front of anything—it's the greatest, especially in this segment. Yeah. Is oh man, you really threw me for a loop there. Yep. Sorry, go on about this serial entrepreneur. Yeah, so so he uh, and I don't mean in the way that like Kellogg would have been or uh, like King Willy Wee Carnegie or something. Yeah. Um, so he basically uh, sold these, made these companies when he was in high school. He's a young uh, young genius. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to to seeing niches and uh, and exploiting them, uh, his businesses in high school were. All uh, overseas um, server operations, and they were. It was all selling servers to porn sites. So when he was like thirteen, he was dealing with people who ran porn sites to sell them servers. What? Yeah, full on. Like, 
I don't even know how. How do you get into that game? Yeah, I don't exactly. even know how to get into that game now, and I'm 29. Yeah, at at 13, I was looking for porn. I had no idea how to actually get in contact with the sort of people. Yeah, when that I was would 13, do you know how long it took a JPEG of Jenna Jameson to load to load on the giant Mac that I had? Oh man, I and then print it out. Fucking pages always stuck together as bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's afterwards. It's a different story. Fine. Um, Semantics. So, so anyway, so he, he basically, uh, one of his mates um, says that he always kind of towed the line between uh, whether it was a scheme or whether it was legitimate, even at that time. So he was dealing with shady people when he was 13. 13. To, so 13 to 18. So he's a wheeler and dealer. Uh, but by the time he's, he starts uni um, in 2010... He's uh, he's roped three mates into another venture. This venture is called Spling. Okay, it sounds so bad, doesn't it? It Espe- sounds so bad. I can only assume after dealing with the, uh, the guys. Who, the guys <laughs> I was who like, is that a porn sites. move? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, gave her the Spling. Oh man. Like, so so Spling was a social media site, um, and its entire. Tell me if this sounds like something. Its entire function was that it allowed users to share music and video and form circles of friends based on common interests. Every social media platform that has been invented so far? Correct. Uh, However, it's 2010... Facebook <laughs> Facebook hasn't been around for uh, for long enough to actually start getting into the music space at uh, at that point. It's yeah. still it's still just a still, platform. It's still just MySpace. Um so he's he's for some reason, this blows up. So Spling goes m- big. Piss off. Seriously. He drops out of uni because he gets invited to uh, this thing in Philadelphia called Dream It, which is a uh, top venture capital <laughs> accelerator uh, where everybody has titles like Chief Dream Maker and <laughs> Imagineer. <laughs> So, so he goes to talk to the Imagineers. <laughs> Dream architect. Yeah, he goes. He goes to uh, to talk to um uh, to Captain Cash at uh, <laughs> at Dream It, um, and it's this thing where all all these promising startups uh, get together and they pitch. Yeah, just it's just it's pitch fest, and uh, and so all these all these kids are pitching Spling everything. Fest. Spling fest with everything from uh, office space and law, uh, like online law firms and yep. introductions uh, uh, to various investment opportunities and the rest of it. Uh, hundreds of people apply for about ten or fifteen pitch positions, um, and so he gets one. Okay, so he's in rarefied air for yep. a uh, uh, for a kid. Um, so he drops out drops out of uh, of Bucknell, moves to Philly. Um, and uh, at at Dream It, this is the uh, this is the quote. Billy was already rolling pretty fast. Plenty of connections. A great kid. Super nice. Gregarious. Attractive. Charismatic. Very smart. This idea could have been a hit. Yeah, but for the fact that while he was at Dream It, Google released Google Circles, otherwise known as Google Plus, uh, ah. which did this. Yeah, but Google did it. Yeah. So while he was, he's just dropped out of uni. Yeah. Given big middle finger to his e- to his education. Yeah. To go and uh, and talk shop about spling with the dreamers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and Google also launch this thing at dreamers. <laughs> and so Go- it's like Google Spling. G- g- yeah. Yeah. 
Sp- They've released Google Spling, haven't they? Splingle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, everybody that he talks to then goes, um, so why is Spling different to Google Circles? And uh, and McFarlane's like, it's, it's not. It's, they just did it. <laughs> Better have more money. Um, so, but he's he's got all this money from uh, his his porn space. <laughs> his, his, his porn from, business fr- from his from his from his thirteen year old from his, self. Teenage, from his yeah. teenage porn business. Um, and so, this fizzles out. But because Spling's not no longer viable, he looks for a new idea, and he moves to um, moves to a Manhattan apartment and starts hanging out with uh, the other fuckboys that he met at the Dream It. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they and they sit around uh jerking each other oh, off just yeah. one big vc jerk off yeah um but they're in a it's like 2013 you fast forward yeah um and he's sitting around with his mates um and he spots he spots something that that like changes the rest the course of the rest of his life yeah it's an american express centurion card also known as the black card yeah just like those Yep. Black metal. They're dense. They're yep. like, you know, you actually feel the weight. They're, yeah. They're full on. Like, yes. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to be, it's like, you've got to be, you've got to be, you, you, you got to, yeah, you got to like, be a big dick player to own one. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, uh, it's only for the ultra wealthy. Um, and this is what he said. I was at dinner at La Esquina with friends and we we're all talking about how much we wanted a black card. This should just be alarm bells. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. About what a fucking dick he's about to become. Jesus. Uh, none of them made enough money to qualify for that. But McFarlane thought, what if he could create his own black card with his own membership benefits and simply graft his existing credit card data onto it? So he gets in contact with these people in China. They make him a black metal card, yeah, with his uh, Chase Bank uh, everyday saver details <laughs> yeah. and magnetic strip <laughs> grafted onto it. Which, E-saver, yeah, w- w- with his fucking <laughs> Chase Bank Dolomites account, yeah. So, so yeah, they basically get him uh, his my first debit card and turn it into. <laughs> A pretend My Lil Devon, yeah. <laughs> pretend century in Blackguard. Um, and that's when he's like, oh, shit. Because he gets this thing and it looks legit and all of a sudden he's carrying uh, a bit more swagger wherever he goes. Yeah, and people are respecting He's whipping this thing out on dates and the rest. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Okay. Not, not phrased correctly. but, <laughs> but ba- Sam Newman. Yeah. Ba- basically, he, he has this thing and he goes, oh, maybe this is a... This is a great business idea. So he partners up with two of his friends from Dream It, and they call this new card Magnuses. <laughs> what? what? Magnuses. M A G. Smell it. M A G N I S E S. And so, and, and so, so he tells. And, and, uh, and, it reminds me of yeah, like Joey Jojo Junior. Shabadoo. Oh, that's the worst name I ever heard. So he's talking to the New York Post, and, and he goes, he goes, Magnuses. and he goes, Magnuses is Latin for absolutely nothing. The name is made up, but it sounds grand, doesn't it? And and then there's all of all of these accounts that I found <laughs> o- online of people uh, leaving reviews for Magnuses, being like. 
hate Magnuses. Sounds like a condom brand. Or, <laughs> or every time I read the name, all I think is Magnum penises. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Magnuses. I just, I, yeah, I mean, we. I don't think we have them here. I just thought about ice cream. Oh, <laughs> nice. Or like sweet. Or like. Plenty of Swedish dudes named Magnus. Exactly. Uh, yeah, a a a, uh, a dreamit of Magnuses is the collective noun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or a circle jerk of Magnuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so since he does, he's not running a credit card business. He's running uh, because he has no he has no capital to uh, to back this up, and he has no financial license. Yeah. So what he does instead. Is he's like, great. What I'll do is uh, create a rewards card um, that people can fuse their own detail, like his. They mm. can get their own black card, um, and the and it will be allow people membership uh, to an invitation only club that he started in a townhouse uh, in Greenwich Village. Yeah. So he basically starts a frat. Yeah. In Manhattan. Uh, for a two hundred fifty dollars annual Fratten. Manfratten. Tell me that's what it was called. Oh man. No, it was called Magnuses. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you come up with a ripper name. <laughs> for it uh it, it's it's the uh it's the no Magnus. They call club. It we can have one Magnus. Persephone. <laughs> so uh for a two hundred fifty dollar annual fee, um its early members got uh the black card plus all day access to the townhouse and its open bar. So two hundred fifty bucks a year—that's a great deal. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. That's that, that's you phenomenal. can literally drink every day, and yeah, you could uh, in Australia it, you drink once and you've covered that. Yeah. Anyway, so McFarlane used to hold parties there, uh, and he'd partner up with restaurants and art galleries in Greenwich Village. And if you've been to Manhattan, you're like, "Yep, that's a really sweet area to do that," and that's yep. uh, that's a that's an awesome idea and the right price. Basically, he's onto a winner. So the yeah. parties grow and they become more elaborate and it's an exclusive Soho housey vibe. And so people get involved, uh, such as brand name rapper Ja Rule. Jeffrey Atkins. Who joins Magnus's board because he loves partying there so much. And for anyone listening to this that's forgotten who Ja Rule is, <laughs> I suggest that you jump on and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Jump onto YouTube and refresh yourself because in uh, April of 2001, <laughs> for three weeks, he was a pretty big deal. Uh, so not only that, but by flashing your Magnus's card, you get discounts at restaurants, bars, clubs, and uh, and reserve experiences like private concerts and luxurious getaways. Um, basically, because uh, that that was their that was their end game. But they in May 2015, so. This is recently rigged. This is two yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So May 2015, McFarlane announces that the Magnus's Clubhouse was expanding to larger quarters, a three-story penthouse atop the hotel on Rivington on the Lower East Side, which is bullshit because they didn't expand. Uh, it's The reason they moved wasn't expansion. The reason they moved is that they trashed the fuck out of their original house. The uh. landlord came in for an inspection and was like, what? <laughs> Are you... You're running a club called Magnuses out of my fucking apartment? <laughs> Shit. They did a hundred grand of damage. Oh. How do you do that to a townhouse without the whole thing falling down? I don't get it. Like, that's structural. That's, yeah. That's significant. But is that, was it the classic, like, 
you know, white dude on roids, like, man, fuck this plot. You shouldn't have given me rum, bruh. And then you just, like, fucking snapped a couch on your knee or something. Yeah, pretty much. I think, like, you see a photo of, of this kid and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I have seen him. You're a dickwad. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, McFarlane peppers members with scores of offers uh, from, like, tickets to flights to Cuba and the Hamptons. Um, and that's when uh, I found one of the best quotes that I've ever read, which is this communication strategist, Molly Krause, who joins joins Magnus's in 2014 to use the townhouse as a workspace, which is very so ill-informed. So they've still got from, it? From Molly. 2014, they still had it. So, right. so yet, like, in, they still they still have it. Even though they have it now. Really? So they were just like, the guy was like, oh my God, you trashed it. And they. Well, they moved to this three level penthouse. Yeah. So, so they, they, did, they did move. Yeah. Um, but basically, they moved because they trashed the shit out of the old place. Right. Okay. Um, so so she, uh, she starts working there. Um, she doesn't work for Magnus's, but she works in Magnus's. Right. Okay. As a, like a pot disker. Right. Um, and so she says, the strangest proposal she ever got. With a text from McFarland uh, in 2014, in which he offered to have Ja Rule write her name into an upcoming song for 450 bucks. <laughs> this was followed by a string of McFarland texts offering what Krauss calls sketchy sounding VIP experiences. <laughs> One read, Hey, I'm traveling this week, so letting friends rent my Maserati Quattroport. LMK, if you want my driver to take you around in it for the next few days, adds Krauss. He never mentions the insane fucking price until he's finished with his creepy-ass pitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of a cross between a post-orts meatpacking district promoter and a gypsy cab driver waiting to give a tourist a quote until after their luggage is loaded. That is a fantastic quote. Chick is savage. Well done, Molly. Molly Krause, if you ever somehow listen to this, please get in contact oh, with us because you are a boss. So good. Uh, so, yeah, so basically from that, they then uh, they shift their focus from a a, a club of, uh, a, like a Soho club, yep. um, private gentleman's club, exclusive club vibe, to networking and happy hours to one that could give its members tickets to the coolest events in town. Uh, so started offering hard to come by tickets to concerts uh, by artists like Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise! Uh, for, hard to uh, come uh, by when, when, when I read this, I'm like, <laughs> Ja Rule wrote this article because <laughs> like I, global rap superstar Ja, ja Rule, like uh, eternally famous and. <laughs> Man, man of the people, Ja Rule. Um, like philosopher Ja Rule. <laughs> Famous Renaissance painter Ja Rule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> huge star of Dream It, Ja Rule. <laughs> so, and, and also, but later bigger names like Beyonce, Adele, Kanye, etc. Right. Okay. Like actual musicians. <laughs> it's um, so weird. Like, I wonder if he tried to make it, like, sell it, like, like he put wedges himself in between the others, or it's just like, coming to the biggest <laughs> act on the planet Adele, Beyonce, Ja Rule, Jay Z. <laughs> now, 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 yeah, Speedway. Ja Rule, bow about a Speedway, be there. Oh, 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 my God. Well, as you as you know uh, how this uh, this plays out at the end of this story, Ja Rule uh, is 
if not a uh, an, an all-in kind of guy, nothing. <laughs> because he he jumps on the Magnus's train and he straps himself the fuck in. Because <laughs> he's in he's in all the way. Um so Magnuses would purchase these tickets from a third party vendor, mm. then uh they would resell them to members. Right. So they're basically in everything that I've described, they're just a middleman. Yeah. It, it, totally. That's all they're doing. They're just facilitating. Uh so a lot of people who decided to join Magnuses in the spring and summer of 2016, uh, this was a major draw card, being able to get access to exclusive tickets uh, they otherwise couldn't get um, in a concierge-style service where they were guaranteed to get them, and then they would... Uh, it's part of the whole VIP experience, experience that they were, yep. they were cultivating. Um, basically, as expected, it became... Fucking hard, very quickly for them to fulfil these ticket requests <laughs> because yeah. they had more members than they'd ever had. Yeah, they had five thousand uh, requests for tickets uh, every month. Yeah, um, they didn't have the a bit. They didn't have the staff. They didn't have the inf- infrastructure. But if you're in that situation, you just cop it and you say. Hey, we're pulling this ticket thing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Like, yeah. we're just going to go back to being a bar that Ja Rule comes to. Um, and, and, uh, and we spoke to Ja Rule because he's on the board. And guys, he's like, yeah, look, I'll keep coming to these gigs. Guys, look, I just gotta, yeah, normally you'd just be like, look, we're pulling all the tickets for Adele, Beyonce, Jay-Z. But for a limited global time Global superstar, Two Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Me, me, me. Uh, so, basically, they didn't do that. Uh, they instead uh, did this sort of shit. Each time just before the show, often the day before the event or even on the day of, a representative from Magnus's would send an email explaining that the startup would no longer be able to provide the purchase ticket or tickets and offer to help reschedule the seat or seats for another date. They'd send the same email for every problem, but it's like fill in the blanks. For whatever the problem was. Oh no. So yeah, they were they were starting to get found out. Yeah. Um, like, okay, just before a Beyonce concert at City Field, uh, in June of 2016, there's this story about how uh someone someone's like they got the standard email explaining that Magnuses wouldn't be able to provide the tickets. Um, and these people complained, they were just like, This is this fight, we've got people flying in for this, uh, etc. Magnuses were like, Oh, some Tickets just became available. Uh, then they rocked up to the to get these tickets, and they had someone else's name on them. Like these guys were just oh. robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> so, so they they clearly didn't have the ability to deliver on this shit. Yeah. Um, uh, there's 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 this one which is which is great. Uh, Signing up for it was seamless. I bought four tickets for an October show, Pierce Delisle, a former Magnuses member, told Business Insider. I checked in with Magnuses multiple times to confirm where the seats were and if they were together. They told me they couldn't confirm the seats until the day of. The friend who I bought the tickets with had moved away, so they needed to fly in. Two days before the show, I got the email to cancel, Delisle said. So Magnuses Terms of Service warn about, about this, but basically, Pierce hasn't taken any of that shit, and it's just gone... Uh, yeah, I complained. I called them every hour until I could actually get uh, get through to them. Um, I uh, th- they finally said uh, that they could reschedule uh, the tickets. They cancel on the second time, and the friends flying back in again. Oh. Then they then they're like, no, nah, the third time would definitely definitely you've got them. Third time they call on the day, 
uh, and the friend flies in for the third crack oh. at, at seeing this thing. Um, and he's yet to receive the tickets from Magnus's and gets called uh, uh, to say, oh, look, there's been an... Uh, an issue with uh, with the tickets. It's not cancelled, um, but uh, you're not going to be able to pick them up from um, the theatre. Um, where are you going to be at six o'clock? We'll just drop them to you. Someone came and hand delivered these tickets Sounds to them in a dodge. restaurant, and uh, and was it was really sketchy. It was yeah. just like some like some a drug deal, pretty yeah. much. They, they they got these things, but this is the first example rig. Right now, of when we have had the ability to incorporate a one-star review into <laughs> shit show story time. Here it is, <laughs> Magnuses. This club is crap. They still have not refunded me for Hamilton tickets. Five hundred dollars <laughs> plus. Do not join. Do not trust. Oh, and by the way, one of the raggedy-looking Becky Thut hoes on staff tried to lure my fiance into travelling with her and God knows what else by using Magnuses for a cover. She sent him an email saying he was selected to be in a special group that gets to travel and live the high life, etc. Hmm. I bet he was. Needless to say, we both saw right through that bullshit. From the day he stepped through the door and allowed them to take his photo, mandatory, we knew someone, who shall remain nameless and manless, had their eye on him. (laughs) So pathetic and so nasty. In closing, I'd like to say a few words to the gargoyle who tried it. (laughs) In quotation marks, my baby don't drink milk if it ain't got no chocolate. (laughs) In quotation marks, girl, bye. That's a one-star review on Yelp of Magnus's. <laughs> oh, so, so that's Magnus's. Yeah, he makes he he makes a fair bit of money from Magnus's, which yeah. allows him to do things like uh, get on private jets and uh, fly around the world Jesus. and go and party with uh, with models and the rest of it. Yeah. So he and. Uh, Perennially successful and popular rapper Ja Rule <laughs> are both on a private jet that that has to stop on the island of Exuma in the Bahamas to refuel. Yes, and this is where y- the part of the story that you are clued in with starts to starts to come into. Starts to take shape. So they reportedly yeah. share a moment about how beautiful it is. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Exuma is that uh, island in the Bahamas. It's like the the archipelago in the uh, in the Bahamas that's got the swimming pigs. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it's got swimming pigs. That's its that's its big sort of. <laughs> that's its draw. That's its big draw. Um, so uh, th- 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 <laughs> come and see swimming, swimming pigs supporting act Jarrell. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, anyways, they land on this uh, this picturesque, beautiful uh, tropical Caribbean island, and uh, and uh, <laughs> they go. This is a great place to have a luxury festival. Obviously, both, they've taken all their blow for the day and they both had that epiphany at the same time. (laughs) Um, So that's where a festival that you may have heard of because it's been in the news a lot recently was born. Fire Festival. With a Y. With a Y. As in, why was this was ever it, was a thing? Everything. Um, so the best part was when I'm doing research on uh, other luxury festivals because I'm like, all right. Let's uh, let's really go uh, go ankle deep in this shit and find out. Uh, other luxury festivals have things like uh, Ireland's Secret Solstice Festival offers a million dollar ticket that grants oh. you access to private planes, a concert inside a volcano, all this awesome shit. Uh, 
Bonnaroo offers a private tour bus that you can use whenever you want to go wherever. Wow. Uh, uh, Coachella's got those like uh, those fully air conditioned like VIP um, cabanas. Yeah. Um, but, and this is when I knew this story was meant to be, Austin City Limits has a golden toilet. <laughs> Young golden toilet! And Drop the beat! No, don't. I, I got nothing got and I can't freestyle. No more rhymes. Uh, but... <laughs> But but not <laughs> please no more rhymes. But but not only that, uh, but when I'm looking at the bill for Fire Festival, guess who was on it? Charu. Yeah, but also <laughs> Little Yachty. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't script this shit. <laughs> All right. So basically, uh, for everyone that's like, okay, fuckheads, let's talk about Fire Festival. Here it is. They basically wanted to do a luxury festival. It was uh, two consecutive weekends, so three days, then three days, a week apart, yep. in April slash May of late April, early May of 2017. Yep. So, yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, the first rule of festivals, however, is generally no a single fucking thing about event planning. <laughs> that's 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 how you should start. Yeah, it's a good um, place to start. Yeah. Yeah, McFarlane did not. He did not know anything about putting on a festival. And funnily enough, uh, considering his uh, unbelievable musical success, neither did fucking Ja Rule. (laughs) (laughs) I assume because, uh, despite what you may have heard, Ja Rule has never actually done a gig. (laughs) Um, So, instead of enlisting people who do know things about events, which is what I would uh, suggest in hindsight, would have been the fastest route to success. Um, He didn't spend money on that. Instead, he spent $250,000 on a single Instagram post from Kendall Jenner, Kim Kardashian's half-sister, and laid out hundreds of thousands more on lesser-name influencers. That's 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 it. That's the marketing plan. That's the start. That is the start. So So he goes, great, I know how... I, I remember talking to, talking to my fucking frat boys at Dream It, and we were like, how do you make a sick festival? And it was like, yeah, you just like get the models say, come to our festival, and you give the models the money, and then the festival is just there. Yeah. And Ja Rule does it. <laughs> <laughs> they would just give it to Ja from there. We passed the baton. Yeah, you just need a stage and a speaker. It'd be fun. <laughs> uh, but that's not the fucking case, because despite despite all of the things that you're about to hear go wrong... The marketing plan and the uh, for all of the rest of the floors, the marketing plan is genius. Like okay. the way, so December twelfth last year, McFarland or two thousand sixteen. If you listen to this in twenty eighteen or something, <laughs> um, McFarland's influences, including uh, Kendall Jenner, all simultaneously post a mysterious orange square with a uh, flame image. Tender. And, and, it's the and, Tinder logo. And, and inadvertently, uh, uh, yes, do a fuckload <laughs> of advertising for Tinder. Uh, but clicking it uh, started a promotional video of these 10 highly uh, popular and very well-known models all frolicking and dancing on a beach uh, in the Bahamas. Yeah. It's got all this text and it's like, Two transformative weekends, an immersive music festival on a remote and private island in the Exumas. Swimming pig. <laughs> does it actually it say, does, it does say that? It doesn't say that. Ja Rule. 
the best in food, art, music, and adventure on the boundaries of the impossible. And the, and the, <laughs> the, 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 the boundaries of the impossible. impossible. Dream it. <laughs> the last bit on I, the, the lips of adventure. <laughs> and so the quote, the quotes that roll in for this uh, are things like. You were like, whoa, what is this? Says a money manager for a famous rapper. It's not Ja Rule. <laughs> I mean, it was perfectly executed. It's one of the greatest social media campaigns I've ever seen. They got the most beautiful women in the world with the largest social following, and then the photo shoot was just incredible, etc. Right. So basically no one knows who's behind the Audacious Festival. Yeah. Um, intrigued, this same... It's Gabbo. It's actually Gabbo. <laughs> This same swimming pigs. Gabbo, Gabbo, Gabbo. It was, what the hell was what that? Is happening? Um, so this same guy makes calls, and before long he was talking to McFarland, who pitched him to invest. He was a little brash, a little broy, a little fratty, but not a total asshole. the manager said. He was pitching me this app, which was the sort of thing I'd seen before. Then he kind of randomly throws out there that his partner in all this is Ja Rule. <laughs> That is alarm bells. Which floored me. I would have assumed a guy like Kanye West or Jay-Z was behind the scenes. <laughs> anyway, I knew then we wouldn't invest in it. I, uh, wasn't su- I was surprised at all the artists who committed because we don't take Ja Rule seriously at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in all the research that I did for this, it's basically 50% uh, burning <laughs> McFarland. And 50% <laughs> trashing Ja, ja Rule. <laughs> Just queuing up. Queuing up to shit on his basketball court twice a week. <laughs> Systematically shit all over him. Oh, so anyway, people raise some concerns uh, uh, within McFarlane's company as to how this is possibly ever going to be delivered. Um, and the response is from, from one someone in his marketing team. Let's just do it, be legends, man. <laughs> On the record. Oh. Someone said they should postpone the festival to 2018, and that was the response of his head of marketing. What Jesus. the actual <laughs> fuck? Uh, so, basically, because... And, and, and we're only just getting started here. Because McFarlane spent all of his money on getting Kendall, Kendall Jenner, Jenner and a bunch yeah. of models to go fuck around with swimming pigs in the Bahamas. <laughs> Jaro, he's yeah. got no money left yeah. to service the actual festival. Yeah. So he starts doing uh, what is commonly associated uh, with a little scheme called Ponzi, ah, which is yes. soliciting more investments yep. in order to pay existing debts. Yeah. With no ability to ever repay those. Yeah. So he basically solicits a second round of investments. Uh, several people familiar with the offering uh, have a uh, have another look at it. In at least one meeting with an investor, McFarlane intimated that Fire had spent several millions of dollars on celebrity endorsements and marketing and now needed cash to pay vendors, staffers, and artists. Is that not the worst That is the worst pitch I've ever heard. Ever? Could you say anything worse? It's literally like walking into a job Look, interview man. and going, um, so uh, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about why you'd like this job. I am so fucked. I am fucking in <laughs> over my head, man. I've got, I'm really sick and there's a lot of people who want me dead. If I don't get this job, I'll probably kill you. <laughs> well, my situation at home is really bad. I'm a public masturbator. <laughs> I, uh, 
<laughs> not allowed anywhere near schools, and uh, basically I really need this. Everything I touch turns to shit. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's look in on uh, another massive player in, in America. Uh, ja Rule. Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, so, so Dan Berkowitz uh, runs a concert management company called CID, and they are legit. Okay. Like, they they actually put on luxury festivals. Right. Uh, but they're on the construction side. They're, uh, they're implementers and project managers. Yeah. And um, so he's gone, when something new like this pops up, we follow things pretty closely. When I saw their website, I was like, wow, that seems adventurous. Then I noticed the language on the website started changing. First, they were flying everyone down on private planes from Miami. Then everyone was getting a seat on a commercial flight. Then things kept getting vaguer and vaguer. Uh. Then I saw that Ja Rule was involved. (laughs) 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 It's literally fucking alarming. I love how everyone's like, oh, we were... We were then promised tents, and we were only eating uh, local game, and we had to fend for ourselves. But then I thought Ja Rule was involved, and I thought, hey, no thanks. <laughs> so, uh, basically, McFarlane reaches out to CID. Like, you know, just by coincidence, these guys are, are, are like, what, what is this thing? And then they get an inquiry from McFarlane, who reaches out to them, uh, and... About four months before the festival. To, to be fair, he only thought of it in October and this thing was meant to be staged in like April, May. So four months is pretty early in McFarlane's Super scheme of planning. Yeah. Um, from, from CID, they wanted everything. Concierge service, festival management, VIP amenities. When we started asking questions, you know, what are these luxury villa units you have? There was this awkward silence. Then they said... That's where you guys come in. We were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) When the event producers did the maths, it estimated the cost to provide temporary villas alone at $10 million. Worse, concerned about a neophyte promoter's ability to pay, the event producers all demanded full payment and expenses up front and estimated $12 million or more. Jesus. Uh, so the so CID were like we're all ready to go. We could have built these uh, these things to spec and deliver this entire festival, uh, but they were so shocked by our numbers that it just didn't come to fruition. Uh, they would say things. Uh, <laughs> we would say things like it's going to cost five million dollars to stage this part, and uh, and the fire guys would say, no, it'll cost three hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> there was a complete detachment from reality. They were sure the costs were nowhere near what the experts were telling them. So these these guys had just done no due diligence. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, what I'm garnering um, is exactly what you can expect from a Jar Rule-involved enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, end of Feb, McFarlane still has no professionals involved with this absolute shit show to manage the actual festival site. Yeah. As late as March, when he and his team moved to Exuma to oversee preparations, Fire's website was still advertising luxury packages, including a $400,000 artist's palace <laughs> with four beds and dinner with a festival performer. What? Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was it just Ja Rule? Was it like with a concert performer? Huge asterisk. <laughs> asterisk. Ja Rule. Yeah. yeah, because because Ja Rule was no longer was was no uh, was not performing nor was he uh, doing doing anything to do with the concert. Um, so on site, uh, McFarlane Ja Rule um, were were at work. Like yeah. they they'd rolled up the sleeves. Um, and they hired local workmen. So they've gone, no, nope, we're not bringing anyone over. They're too expensive. We're going to use the local guys. Mm. Um, because the building site was covered in crushed white rock, uh, because that's the only island they could get as well. Right. Um, and uh, and so they, they basically bought this island for right. 8.4 million bucks. Um, yeah, they really spent a lot of the big money up front. Uh, could have just rented it. Yeah. Bought the island. Um, the sand was trucked in because the, the whole beach was white rock. Jesus. So they brought in the sand because the shit that they showed people. You can't walk on in barefoot, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah they, uh, a trio of bar cabanas were built. Um, the site itself, itself had no beach. Um, so McFarlane's crews um, improved a potholed road at Cocoa Plum Beach six miles away where they fixed up a pair of cabanas and sank swing sets into the surf. They tried to do it all on their own, the production exec said. What I heard was Billy literally Googled how to rent a stage, and he rented a stage, and that was it. That was all they had. Jesus. So a uh, couple, of, couple of quotes. Part-time worker. On March 14, I flew from Miami to the island of Great Exuma to get the planning started. I was excited, at least at first. Flying in, the water looked beautiful. But I was almost immediately warned not to go near it because of a rampant shark problem. (laughs) (laughs) Early in the morning of April 27, just hours before concert goers began arriving, massive downpour drenches the festival site. Um, And this is the point at which you go, everybody's been promised... If you haven't looked at the video, go to our Facebook page right now and watch the video. It is oh, the promo video. It is the appear like it looks amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You to- you you would absolutely pay but the tickets range from like a thousand bucks through to the four hundred thousand dollar Jerul date yeah. cabana. <laughs> um, but but people Which remained unsold. <laughs> people were people were basically promised that at the even at the lowest level They'd be in, uh, they'd be in luxury geodome, uh, at like kit outs, mm. and it would be everything's plush, um, incredible catering, uh, the whole shebang, yeah. So, uh, the villas advertised on the website never existed. One fire employee said they listed them as a joke, not expecting anyone to buy them. <laughs> Organisers ignored emails and left ticket holders unsure of where they were flying in from or when until days before the festival. Here's another one. An agreement with Philadelphia restaurateur Stephen Starr to provide gourmet catering was cancelled on April 2nd after the organisers failed to make payments. An employee familiar with the transaction said, Starr confirmed in a statement that since April, it had not been involved with or provided any services in connection with Fire Festival. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... Uh, also, organisers cycle through several production teams. They basically 
fired, fired a shitload of different people for being too expensive, in inverted commas. One team arrived at their Miami hotel only to find their credit card information provided by fire wasn't working. Oh, the same Christ. happened when they arrived in the Bahamas. They were trying to get us to use our own cards for the hotel rooms, a member of the production team said, and the owners were just walking around with giant wads of hundreds to pay people off. <sighs> Christ almighty. So... Basically, just before this thing starts, it starts pissing down. Yeah. People start start arriving, uh, but site's so damaged, it was, it was already fucked. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. make that very clear. Yeah. These yeah. guys were never getting this up. Yeah. But this is like the final Rochambeau yeah. <laughs> before the people arrive. So people rock up, um, and the first 800 arrivals on the Thursday get shuttled straight to uh, this restaurant um, on the on the island. Yeah. It's like that's pretty much all that there is on the island. They can yeah. just send them to this one place where uh, the owner plied them with drinks and food. Today, he says McFarland has yet to pay his bill, which totaled $135,000. Jesus. I reckon McFarland is liable for a lot in this story. Yeah. But... I reckon that guy's taking a piss. <laughs> you sent 800 people to a bar for a night and they they rack up $135,000 worth of piss. Jesus. That rig, to give you an idea of exactly how much uh, how much booze that is, that is 800 people all going hard at it, drinking $200 plus worth of booze per head. Shit. Which... In the Bahamas, yeah, where it's all—it's like a bit it's cheaper, a buck it? of rum. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's even that's even possible. Anyway, I guess if you, yeah, just jump, jump just, on it, just, just, just damages. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Um, Pockets of semen on the couch. <laughs> so this thing doesn't, this thing doesn't get up. People, yeah. uh, Blink-182 pull out just before the festival. Yeah. Uh, half the bands uh, are like, we're not doing this. Um, the, the catering, uh, it turns out uh, that they were promised would be, uh, would be gourmet luxury Hampton style catering. Yeah. It's a, um, it, it's a takeaway container that's got two uncooked slices of bread, oh. a piece of cheese and a side salad. Um, there were not enough staff. Uh, it was, it was fucked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they really do end up in really, really over their head. And this is what one of the, one of the concert girls says, this is where it first hit us. This is a total shit show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no one knew what was going on. The most alarming part was they'd hired all these models to walk around giving people tequila shots. This was a recipe for disaster. Everyone young and drunk with absolutely no information. So people start trying to leave and they can't because uh, the festival basically tweets uh, and puts on their Facebook page, due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, unfortunately, this year's festival will be closing early. Uh, Stay tuned to social media and we'll get you off the island. People like... Reacted as you would expect yeah. when someone says the building's on fire, yeah, and ran for the exits and started figuring their own shit out. Yeah, um, they couldn't get off the island because the flights, uh, the airlines were like the charter flights. Yeah, um, were like well, we haven't been paid, so 
No, no one's been paid. Way. So and, the, the, and then you've got 800 people you, stranded. Yeah. Totally screwed. So what ends up happening is that um, the charter plane company goes, yeah, we're just going to take one for the team here and comes back, grabs a bunch of people, but can't line up the manifest of like the people's names with um, like who's on the plane and it's airline regulations. And mm. so everyone, they sit on the tarmac and then they, they're not cleared to leave. Anyway, all these people who were promised, who'd paid thousands and thousands of dollars mm. for this luxury festival, spend the night inside this piece of crap airport terminal. Shit. It's, it's so screwed. But the any insult to injury is the fact that it's later after the festival, it's found out that the tents used uh, uh, for guests were actually left over from the Hurricane Matthew Relief Fund and they are... <laughs> They are... They're literally tents, aren't they? They're, they're FEMA disaster relief tents. Oh, my God. Um, and because it had pissed down with rain, they were soaking wet, so no one could uh, could sleep in them, uh, etc. And then comes this. A former fire employee said McFarlane sold Ja Rule a pipe dream, <laughs> though there's evidence to suggest the seasoned recording artist should have known better. <laughs> Video hyping the festival he posted on Twitter and later deleted includes footage of the main stage, which had walk-up stairs and lacked barricades or an exit. <laughs> People would have died, the production employees said. <laughs> the festival's first website was also pulled after Fire failed to pay the company that created it. <laughs> so these guys have just absolutely kicked the bucket at every single Screwed turn. Screwed the peach, yeah. So... Everyone gets off the island, but the, they're, they're crucified. Yeah. And if you want to jump on and find a, uh, a Twitter page, which is uh, Fire Fraud, at Fire Fraud. I thought you were going to tell me it was like Fire Festival Survivors or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, uh, basically, all these, all these lawsuits come up. Um, Billy McFarland is currently facing, it uh, looks like, about nine different uh, massive lawsuits. Yeah. All the models, apart from um, Emily Redikowski, um are facing a class action. Every all the models who who posted on uh, on Instagram, they're facing um, a class action facing, from people uh, from from the public, yeah, wow. uh, because because none of them said that it was an ad. Apparently, if you're an influencer and you get paid, you've got to put hashtag ad. Right, on it. didn't know that, but yeah, Emily Redikowski did that. Everybody else didn't, so they get right. sued. Um, and yeah, McFarland is in custody and he is in, is in a world of shit, but here's the final nail in the coffin. Recently, festival organizers began circulating a form. This is what it says. Question. Would you prefer to exchange your 2017 tickets for additional 2018 VIP passes as opposed to receiving a refund? E.g., if you purchase three passes for 2017, you would receive six total 2018 VIP passes. And then the, underneath it, it says, also there's an asterisk after, after uh, six. <laughs> so these guys are already getting loopholes. As you likely know, we've been through the ringer on social media and this has been a challenging week for us as we were unable to, reali- to realise our dream on the first try. Oh. We are now one of the world's most famous festivals for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> we want to reverse that sentiment by producing something truly amazing. We're fully committed to this event next year and to producing it in the most professional way with experienced professionals like Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> we've received support and commitments from several musicians like Ja Rule. To perform at next year's event. We would be so thankful to have your support as well. And then there's only two options. A, 
Yeah, let it ride. I'd love to support you all in creating something amazing. B, no, I'm not down for adventure. <laughs> and you know what that says? Dream it, Rig. Yeah. Dream it. Yeah. And that is the story of Billy McFarland, one of the, the, the world's biggest fuckboys. All right, love it. What? Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm about to ask you. Mm. What happened to Ja Rule? Okay, well. Do we know? Yeah. Did, 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 did he have to face the music and not his own and have his ears bleed? Well, the thing with, uh, with Ja Rule, as all true um, uh, Ja Rule fans uh, <laughs> would know. As all Ja Rule fan <laughs> would know. <laughs> um, yeah. He is also being hit with, with lawsuits. Great. So, uh, as of uh, the 12th of May, um, he had been hit with seven different lawsuits, um, uh, which were... Uh, which, which were... Oh, <laughs> yes, this is the time. Uh, which, <laughs> which, were, uh, which were all also levelled at, uh, at McFarlane. But here's the thing. Ja Rule, <laughs> for this festival... What's the one thing that if you're a parent and you know that your kid is a huge fuck up and wants to buy a house, what's the thing that you don't do? Anything with Ja Rule. No one ever does anything with Ja Rule, even Ja Rule. You don't go guarantor. Ja Rule signed a personal guarantee securing all loans Uh, for the festival and other, other fees in case of a default. So he... Ja Rule, is now the perennially popular and always successful Ja Rule, is now financially fucked. Oh, shit. You know what that means? Two for one Ja Rule tickets. Coming, coming, coming. <laughs> <laughs> Magnuses. All right. Well, that was a great shit show spotlight, <laughs> mate. It was, uh, wow. I felt I was there looking at his fuckboy face. <laughs> and just off to the side, Ja, ja Rule. Rule. <laughs> uh, that was great, mate. Thank you so much for that. Which means we've reached the end of the show for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please give us a like on uh, Facebook, which is just shit show. If you want to listen to our upcoming podcast, we put them up every week on our Facebook page uh, with links to both Zencast and iTunes. If you want to look us up on iTunes, write down shit show, but with an exclamation point instead of the I. Uh, and if you have any ideas for us, uh, by the way, our poos in the news I should have mentioned was uh, came from one of our listeners, Mr. Michael Murray, hey! uh, who also welcomed a beautiful baby girl. Shout outs to you, big boy. Yep. And, welcome, uh, Evelyn. Welcome, Evie. And uh, if you guys have any things or you want to go the way of Muzz to send us some stuff, please send us a message on our Facebook or give us an email at shitshow.au at gmail.com. Until next week, guys, thanks so much. See ya. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-